Welcome to Small Bites Radio with Donato Marino and Derek Tim. We hope you're hungry. Small Bites Radio. It's Derek Tim of Blue Jean Food. It's awfully lonely in studio uh, without Don, but I've got my man, uh, Tom Tussler over here. How's it going? Excellent. How you doing, Tom? I'm, I'm doing well. This weather's fantastic. Ah, I love fall weather. Isn't it's it great? fantastic indeed. But uh, we'll, we'll see what the night has in for store. Uh, look, we said that it felt lonely <laughs> without Don and like a magician, he has come out of the woodwork and he appears. But while Don's getting set up, let's uh, talk to John Howard Fusco. How's it going tonight, John? You know, Tim. How are we doing? We're doing great. So what's hot and happening? Good. All right. There's been a lot of talk this week about Roxanne BYOB. Uh, this is an intriguing new restaurant that recently opened in the heart of the Italian market section. Affiliate Roxanne will be offering dinner and pastries. But don't expect a net set menu yet, and don't expect set hours for the bakery. So it's kind of a work in progress. Uh, meals are going to start with five small plates, including a togarashi canelé. So we're talking about a French pastry from Bordeaux, flavored with a Japanese chili pepper spice blend, and served on the side with pimento cheese. So the menu or the, the style is going to be all over the map. So go for the adventure. That Again, that's Roxanne BYOB in Italian market section of Philly. Uh, Enzo's Piazza is a new pizza and sandwiches spot in South Philly on 19th and Wolf. Uh, Michael Klein of the Inquirer wrote about it, posted a picture of their burrata pizza pie, which is a white pie with arugula, prosciutto, and roasted peppers. It looks really good. Sounds like it's doing well so far. So, again, that's Enzo's Piazza. Uh, that's uh, over in South Philly. On the Jersey side of things, Atlantic City Restaurant Week is going to be starting on October 2nd and running to the 7th. Considering restaurants will be serving three course dinners for $40.22 and lunches for $20.22. Uh, the selection of restaurants runs all over the place, whether you want to go to the casinos, whether you just want to go into the city itself, or even outlying areas, the restaurants that are participating. So it's a very big event, again, starting October 2nd. Uh, and then lastly, last Sunday, we saw Ward's Pastry Shop in Ocean City serve its last scrapple pie and other baked goods. The pastry shop closes doors after 98 years uh, in the business in Ocean City. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Eating in S Jersey, as well as South Jersey Food Scene website and Facebook page. So here's the question, Don. Um, John. John. Yeah. Uh, uh, did you ever have one of their Scrapple Pies? I did actually have one of their Scrapple Pies. I wrote about it on our blog years ago. Uh, it is... Um, it's good, but let me tell you, it is heavy. <laughs> it is heavy. You you'll have you'll have up that you'll have one of those, and then you won't want one to eat for three days. So, uh, but it was it was good. It was worth. It was definitely memorable. <laughs> and uh, it, they're gone for good. No other location. They're just yeah, gone, gone for good. Yeah, that, that's, that's a it. shame. They're, they're, 
It is a shame, and they're one of a few restaurants in Ocean City that in the last few weeks have closed their doors. And uh, for different reasons, you know, the economy, inflation, struggle to keep good staff, uh, retirement. But a bunch of places in Ocean City have recently closed. So um, we're probably going to see more of that. These smaller places that are struggling economically are just not going to be able to keep going. So we'll have to see how things change over the next year or so. Awesome. Uh, it's a shame. I mean, I, I hate to see places struggle, especially down at the Jersey Shore. It's always fun. But uh, thanks so much, John. And uh, as usual, you've got your book, Kate May, uh, New York Times recognized. Uh, always happy to hear from you, buddy. Thanks so much. All right, Derek. Have an evening. Good evening, guys. Thank you, John. You too. But did you know, I mean, it, it, it's almost about what? Uh, if you're going down to Cape May, while was uh, like an hour and a half drive from Philly, isn't it, Don? A good hour and a half drive. It all depends on the end of the little short traffic. But did you know, instead of an hour and a half drive, you could get in a plane? And in about an hour and a half, do you know where you could make it to? I think Bermuda is a, comes to mind. Bermuda. Mm, we we want to name the other islands. Yeah, Come very close. Pretty mama. <laughs> but... <laughs> To talk about this beautiful island, gorgeous, uh, in a, an amazing resort, Grotto Bay Beach Resort and Spa, is their general ma- manager, Rob DeBecker. How's it going tonight, Rob? All good. All good, Derek. How you doing? Thanks for we're having me do- on the show. Oh, and we're doing fantastic, pal. But uh, I, I have to say, I uh, witnessed uh, the warm Bermudian hospitality uh, and your amazing, gorgeous uh, accommodations firsthand, top class. But one of the things that separates you guys from all of Bermuda is that you guys have an all-inclusive supplement plan available at Grotto Bay, and you're the only resort in Bermuda that has that. So why don't you tell everybody what that is and how is it that you guys came about to be the only one? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's a really great plan. It, you know, a, a large portion of our guests typically uh, take the plan because it's really a wonderful deal. Here and our team does an amazing job with the food offerings and the, and the plan includes breakfast, lunch and dinner and unlimited drinks. It also includes uh, bus passes, which is a great way to get around the island. Uh, besides that, it includes non-motorized water sports, tennis. Uh, it's it's really it's really a good a good option uh, when coming to uh, Bermuda. And as you rightfully mentioned, we're the only resort on the whole island that has an all-inclusive supplement, which is which is really sought after nowadays. So, if you consider coming to Bermuda, you know this is the place to be. And it really made it easy. I'm coming to your resort. Uh, it really takes the thinking out of it. And at first, I will be honest, uh, when you mention the word all-inclusive, I'm used to some other islands that I've visited and I've been to other all-inclusive resorts. And the foods there, you're, you're not really expecting much. It's like food for the masses, catering food. But what really blew my socks off was at Grotto Bay, you guys really went above and beyond, and I'll fully 100% say it's high-end, upscale dining, fine food at it at its finest. You guys really put the, the mark on quality meals, and you hit it out of the ballpark. So great job. What was it that you guys – how is it that you're able to do that? Because as I mentioned – 
to the average foodie such as myself, sometimes you equate all inclusive to not really quality when it comes to the food. Yeah, I, I appreciate those comments because indeed the culinary team does a, does a fantastic job, and we have a we have, for instance, eighteen fifty five uh, beef uh, on our menus. We have a twenty twenty hours smoked beef brisket, which is to die for, really really nice. A ribeye that's 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 really succulent and juicy, um, eighteen fifty five quality as well. Uh, we we all get it in from the states. Team does a magnificent job, and whether you're on the all-inclusive meal plan or not, whether you're without a meal plan, we have the same menu for everyone, and it's it's really uh, it's really top-notch. It's 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 high high-end restaurant quality. Absolutely, I appreciate you, you what, what you said. And and I and I do like that. I like that, like you just mentioned that. You don't have to have the all-inclusive. You could be at any resort, and I can attest to this, that there was someone that we met in the uh, dining room. The, uh, the Hibiscus is the name of the uh, the high-end dining room, correct? Hibiscus restaurant? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So we were dining in the Hibiscus restaurant, and we ran into someone who came all the way from the dockyards because they were on a cruise ship. And me and my wife were like, well, normally you get all you can eat on these cruise ships. Boat, sure. And the woman said, yeah, but I've heard so many great things about this restaurant. I had to come to try it for myself. And she said she loved it. It was the night that we had the short rib. And my, my goodness, compliments to the chef on that night. And she was right that the meal was fabulous. Thank you very much. I, I, I appreciate that. Well, she must have gone on TripAdvisor because uh, before coming on the cruise, uh, we, we, we do get a lot of really good TripAdvisor. And and, uh, and a, a nice gentleman posted a really nice uh, TripAdvisor review the other day, uh, which uh, which really, I think, looks like you figured it out, eh? Roy Orbison. That's it. <laughs> Anything you want, you got it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, Don, have you ever been to Bermuda? I've uh, been to Bermuda a, a long, long time ago, probably before Bermuda had any houses on it. <laughs> That's how long ago. You were cruising with Columbus. That's then. <laughs> <laughs> you were waving that Italian flag. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you what, Don, you've got to go back to Bermuda and uh, you, you really have to check out uh, Grotto Bay because one of the things that I know you and Lisa would just fall in love with is the Natura Spa, which is on property, and it's in Prospero Cave. And this is so unique, so cool. And again, once again, I'll, I'll go to how others on the island who were staying at other resorts and such were coming on to Grotto Bay's property in order to enjoy the spa. The nice fresh water, the, the steam, little bath. Well, they, they have all sorts of different amenities, but one, the highlight, one of the highlights was you're getting a massage in this giant, giant cave, and wow. you're hearing the drippings of the stalagmites and things going into the water, and this massage beds are on little platoons out in the water. No kidding. So you're out there, and the, the cave has a nice, cool vibe and ambiance to it. But uh, why don't you describe a little bit more about the uh, the spa, Rob? 
Yeah, it, it's it's literally a million million year old cave. It's it's most most mesmerizing. We we have we, we recommend our guests when they when they, when they visit with us to book beforehand because we're all we're always fully booked. It's indeed three pontoons that sit on the water because the, the cave has water in it, like a little lake. Um, and it's it's you know the light setting is just is beautiful. And as you said, the water dripping from the stalactites down into the into the water, it is it is unbelievable. And besides besides the ambience, the the, the actual quality of the treatment is second to none. Uh, we have highly highly skilled uh, massage therapists who you know. So we the, the combination is just that's why we're always fully booked. It's it's really amazing. It was a once-in-a-lifetime experience, and even my wife said at first, she was like, I don't know about going in a cave, but once you go in there, it's it's like none other. Relaxing. Oh, so relaxing, and it's you feel like now you know why bats chill in caves, because yeah. you, the minute they open the door to go back to the outside world, you're like, ah! No, let me let me come back in into the cave. I want to relax a little bit more. But uh, to your point too, Don, you mentioned how you, uh, you like to go swimming in a cave. They have that too. It's called a, a cathedral cave, and you go in. You're able to explore it a little bit, and the water uh, is nice and cool. It must be a massive cave. It, it it's a decent size. And uh, again, Rob, I'm going to point it to you. You're the expert here. Uh, tell us a little bit about the Cathedral Cave for those who aren't familiar. It is just very cool. I mean, how many resorts do you know in the world that have a, have a cave A uh, with a spa in it and, and B, a cave to swim in? They, they, they don't exist. We, we're really fortunate enough to be positioned where we are positioned. And, and the Cathedral Cave is, is really very special. We have guests that swim in there every single day. When I wake up in the morning, the first thing you go and do is go swim in the cave because it's it's really very, very special. And then the the water that drips from the stalactites is is fresh water because it gets filtered through the through the rock. And then there's water coming in because there's a connection to the to the sea. So that's that's salt water. And because of it you have different pockets of different temperature within the water, which is kind of special as well when you swim in it. And uh, yeah, no, it's 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 really, really, uh, really worth worth checking out. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's world class. And as you mentioned, location and one of the biggest things that was really cool was we came into the airport, go through customs and all of that, and uh, the customs agent asking you a friendly couple questions like, "Oh, where are you staying?" Grotto Bay. So she chuckles. I'm, I'm like, uh-oh. Yeah. I, I don't like it when people chuckle. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I said, what? She goes, guess what? I said, I don't know, but I don't like this laughing yeah, yeah, yeah. there. I hope, I hope it's not closed. <laughs> she goes, as soon as you go through the doors, you're going to see your resort. And the woman wasn't lying one bit. As soon as you walk through the international airport departure doors to get a taxi or whatever transportation you're getting, you see Grotto Bay immediately across the bay and we we hopped in a taxi we we were there i think three minutes probably you go across a bridge and uh, you're, you're there that's great that's it and you know yeah and, and the worry then would be that that you know oh it's next to the airport there's all airplanes come all there's only four or five airplanes coming coming in and the and the in the runway is actually uh, uh parallel to our resort so you never hear any planes and it's just really convenient to be so close and as you mentioned it's an hour and 40 minutes flight from Philly. So really and truly, you know, from, from the moment you get up in the air uh, in, in, in Philadelphia, uh, two and a half hours later, you're, you're sitting, sipping a pina colada at the bar here. So uh, there you go. 
Uh, and that's the way to do it because a lot of times, like you said, when once you land, you just want your vacation to begin. There's so many destinations. I mean, you know, Don, when we went to uh, Columbia, we, 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 we landed and then it's another hour and a half yeah. bumpy ride to get wherever the heck. Hot, no air condition. <laughs> You're like, yeah. when are we getting there? Wasn't the torture of the plane enough? But uh, that was great. And as you mentioned, uh, no noise from the planes because no. that was a worry of mine. And you wouldn't even know the airport's there. It's so odd because you, you see them, but you don't hear them. It's sort of like an optical illusion. Like they, they have a, a, a magical shield around the resort of some sort. <laughs> but uh, the, the, the other thing that I like was uh, the diversity there of being family friendly, but also catering to uh, adults if just adults wanted to come. And I liked that mix because many, many resorts, you sometimes you bring your child. Because we brought Derek, of course, and so try not to have him be too much of a troublemaker. But sometimes you like you know that you don't want to interrupt other people's vacation yeah. or holiday they want to have a good time as Ex well exactly because they're trying to escape life and they don't want some brats running around but grotto bay does it so great there's so much room so many different little nooks and crannies that you can go into that every individual gets their own little peace of mind and it wasn't overcrowded at all it, it it's really laid out perfectly for everyone to have their own space which which is great and especially the uh on property amenities the pools were amazing the beach is fabulous in the summertime they have a little uh water park out into the ocean a little, nice. little slide and a swing, which everyone was loving. And uh, the uh, kayaks and what, what's the one? Uh, paddle boarding, paddle boarding. And it's all like you said, with the all include. It's all there. It's so Rob, you should just tell everywhere you go. Just be like, hey, if you've never been, you need to come here. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. There's also a great dive facility on property. The best uh, five-star petty certified dive facility. There, these guys are really doing a bang-up job, uh, and and we have we have also um, guests from many other resorts on the island because this is the this is the prime uh, dive facility on the island. Uh, visiting our resort to get on the dive uh, dive boat here. The, the, these guys are also full all all through you know all through season. It's really nice, and we have a catamaran on 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 the uh, on the dock where, which goes out with uh, with, with with trips. Uh, group tips, private trips, like sunset trips, really, really nice. Um, so, yeah, we, we do have a, a, a lot of stuff. And to your point, our resort is 21 acres at large. So, so indeed, you have, you have plenty of space. And we have, we have 11 room, room blocks or buildings. Uh, so everybody has, you know, really a lot of space uh, um, to walk around and to indeed enjoy, enjoy the facility and all it has to offer. And it, and it's great, and also so close to uh, all. Even though you guys have some caves on site, you have I think it's Crystal Caves was the name of the place across the street, correct? Yeah, very close by. Which which by the way uh, is very next to the Bailey's Bay ice cream. I just had a lovely ice cream there myself, uh, and on the way to the Crystal Caves, that's a really nice cave system. This whole area where we are in has a lot of caves and the crystal caves is a wonderful cave system and it's really well done also with pontoons but the pontoons you can walk over uh it's really a big big cave system and it's it was discovered uh a hundred hundred years ago um by 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 means of a cricket ball going into a hole 
uh, mm. and uh, some, some kids. And, and the cricket ball went in the hole, then they discovered the cave, and it became this turned out to be this beautiful, beautiful cave system called Crystal Caves. Yeah, definitely uh, a highlight in, in Bermuda. Yeah, you have yeah. that swizzle ends right down the street. Uh, the blue hole, uh, moped rentals are uh, right next door. Uh, we even had a electric bike rental come in. They drop them off. Uh, they said it's one of the what, Grotto Bays, one of the few places that they'll actually uh, work with the guests to drop the electric bikes off there. And that, that was the first time I ever did an electric bike. Loved it. Loved it. Great. Yeah. And uh, one of the highlights I highly. Uh, recommend was uh, Hartley's helmet diving. Uh, I wish we could have him on as a guest tonight. I mean, let, let's just put it this way. The guy who runs the thing, he is a character all in himself. He needs to have a, a YouTube channel. But once you get through all the, the crazy wildness, he takes you down and you're in, in this helmet and you're uh, at a reef and you're hand feeding fish and they're in your hand and all this. Other. Amazing. Amazing. Wow. Can't can't say enough wonderful things about Bermuda, and I can't say enough wonderful things about how great uh, Grotto Bay and Rob, uh, you personally attended to me and took care of all of our needs and made sure everything was uh, top class. And it was a pleasure, pleasure to meet you. And I really appreciate you calling in tonight. But uh, uh, please share a social media, website, anything like that before you go. And once again, thanks again. Yeah, I appreciate uh, having me on the show, uh, Derek. Uh, GrottoBay.com is where you can go. Check out TripAdvisor as well with, uh, with with Grotto Bay typed in. It's it's we we really get a lot of great comments from our guests. Everybody enjoys it. Team does a bang up job here to to make sure everybody's catered to. And uh, yeah, uh, look forward to welcoming you to Bermuda. An hour and forty minutes away. Exactly. Yeah. Very quick, easy, and like we said, hop out and probably even walk there from the airport, but you have to drag your luggage with you. Might as well take a ride. <laughs> have a great night, Rob. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Talk to you. Bye-bye. But, wow. Uh, that sounds awesome. It was it was amazing. Uh, such a such a great time. But, you know, once you go someplace that's all-inclusive and you, you, you eat like a pig, Sometimes you just got to get back on track and eat a little healthier, don't you, Don? I try to when I can, but it's usually I fail. Well, our next guest is probably going to try to help you out. I, I, could, I could use as much help as possible. And uh, they have a brand new book. It's uh, Cook, Heal, Go Vegan, A Delicious Guide to Plant-Based Cooking for Better Health and a Better World. And the author is Bailey Ruskus, uh, also known as... Uh, Chef Bai. How's it going tonight, Chef Bai? Hi, good. How are you guys? We are doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Just chilling. I'm in San Diego and the weather is beautiful, so I can't complain. Uh, Over here it's raining a little bit. It's still not bad, though. She's just bragging. You saw the weather here in Philadelphia, didn't you? And you just went, oh, yeah, I'm in San Diego. How's that, suckers? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, you are adopting a whole food, plant-based lifestyle, but you want to let everybody know that even if you're going that direction, that it can still be full of fun and flavor. Isn't that right? Yes. Yes. I mean, so I'm a classically French-trained chef, so if you would have told me 10 years ago that I would be a vegan chef, I probably would have never believed you, Um, but... Yeah, the goal for me is always to just make food as pleasurable as possible. And when I realized that you could do that on a plant-based diet, I was like, wow, all bets are off. And 
one of the things, uh, as, as you know, Don, Chef Christina Martin, uh, she's a very respected vegan chef who's a correspondent uh, for us. Uh, veganism has really come full circle from many years ago. Yeah, baked items, everything now is you can get vegan and healthy and plant-based. And sometimes, I'd say probably a decade ago, somebody would say, oh, and people would be like, ah. But now it's so mainstream. It's so easy. and But it, it, it's individuals uh, like you, uh, Bailey, who who are letting everyone know that it, it is easy and it's nutrient dense because I would say that's one of the myths that everybody. Well, I'm yeah, not going to get tastes my like pro- cardboard. Yeah, it tastes like cardboard. I'm going to get my proteins. How do you battle that? What? How do you when you made the cookbook were you like you know what I'm going to make a couple of these recipes and have people's taste buds tingle since they uh, want to say these mean things about vegans. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just think it's all perspective, you know. I think most people eat the same things over and over and over and over again. And I think the most important thing about adopting a more plant-based diet or even plant-focused or even one day a week trying something new that's plant-based is you're actually just going to open up your taste buds in your mind and your creativity to eating something other than maybe like the same chicken and rice and potatoes. Now, what was it that drew you to uh, trying a vegan lifestyle? Hello? Oh, I guess you didn't like that question. Uh All right. Well, I will say that the book looks fantastic. Uh, But there's some other things in the book that there's a couple dishes that we would like to try, but it's, it's hard to do that, Don, as, as, as we've mentioned. Well, with the, you know, with all the new supermarkets that are coming out, Wegmans and then not that I'm pushing any supermarkets, but that's the one just comes to my hat, my mind and spurts or sprites. I think it's called, you can, you go, you can, you have such a big selection now of vegan, Based products that even if you're not a, a proficient cook or afraid to, to cook something, there's a lot of pre-made meals you can pick up at a lot of these places and, and begin your uh, vegan lifestyle journey. Yeah, yeah. And even if you don't want to go full time, sometimes you can just like Meatless Monday was also always a step in the right direction, but we've got Bailey back. We apologize about that. Some technical must be the rain. Just must be this Philadelphia, must be this Philadelphia rain tonight. But uh, as, as we were going uh, at first, we thought you got mad at us, but our, our our question was uh, what made you go into the direction of a vegan lifestyle? Oh, I'm glad you guys are back. Um, Honestly. So for me, I struggled with chronic pain for most of my life. I have endometriosis and, You know, I saw every doctor possible. I was on prescription meds since I was 11, hormone replacements since I was 11. I've had surgeries. Like, it was just out of control, and no one had any answers for me. I tried everything other than going plant-based, and my my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, we were actually just dating, so I'm surprised he was so 
down to do this with me, but he was like, look, let's go plant-based. We watched all the documentaries, and he's like, let's just do it together. And he's from Chicago, so he was raised on, like, hot dogs and Salisbury steaks and deep dish pizza. You know, like, all of his <laughs> friends and family do not eat vegan. So it was very much like going against the grain for us, but, you know, we went vegan, and plant-based and one month later I just felt so much better I was able to get off all my meds in six months and on the other side of it my husband he's an avid surfer skateboarder he's six foot four he's an athlete like the guy needs eats so much food I swear I shop for four people and it's just the two of us and um you know he's never felt better in his whole life and he's never going back either because he just feels amazing and he also knows that it's like the best thing for the environment for the animals and just like moving forward it's just like a more modern compassionate kind of way to view food and I like what you said earlier when I just popped back on about how you don't have to do it full-time and I think like when you're first thinking about adopting a different lifestyle it can be really overwhelming right looking at this huge picture of being like oh my god how am I going to do this Um, so I think the most important thing is to just take it one day at a time one week at a time and in two years your life can look completely different. Without a doubt. But uh, how was it that the cookbook came about? Did the uh, publisher yeah. uh, find you? Did you reach out? Uh, I always find it so interesting how people are coming out with these cookbooks. Uh, some people are just like, oh, it was always a dream of mine. And others are just like, no, it was, it was too much. I didn't want to do one, but the publisher begged me to. <laughs> how did it come for you? Oh yeah, I mean, it was actually so crazy. So, um, you know, 2020 hit, the pandemic hit. I was full-time chefing, private chefing, working for private clients. And, um, you know, my business kind of just crumbled, as most people did. And my husband actually got furloughed from his job working in hospitality. And we were kind of just like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do now, you know? And um, I don't know. I just started posting a lot on Instagram. And my publisher found me through a hashtag. <laughs> I like posted the right thing on the right day, used the right hashtag, and the publisher reached out to me and basically dropped the book deal in my lap, which was pretty amazing considering I didn't have a big following at the time. They just really liked my message and my food and my food photography, and they took a risk on me, and it ended up working out really well for everybody. So, yeah, it was timing and, you know, patience and persistence and just having a little bit of faith in the universe that everything will work out. <laughs> And that's isn't that, that just that's, wild? How social media that could influence you, influence uh, your direction in life. Yeah, and and like you said, you didn't oh, have totally. that large of a following of of whatever you were doing, and you just mm-hmm. threw it out there. And what was the? I, I know you have to remember it. What was the hashtag? <laughs> it has to be memorable now that you got this book deal yeah. off of it. It was eat the rainbow. <laughs> Eat the rainbow. Man, sounds like a Skittles commercial. Yeah, sure does. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. That... Is, social media is crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's so crazy, too, because, like, I got on TikTok three weeks after my book came out, and one of my first videos went viral, and it immediately made my cookbook an Amazon bestseller overnight. Like, it was crazy. So it's crazy the power of social media and how quickly things can change. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's wild now uh, with you being on social media and things like mm-hmm. that. Who are some of the influencers or celebrities or chefs that uh, you're drawn to? Uh, who do you find yeah. inspiration from? I mean, honestly, like I've 
because of writing the book, now I've had like such an amazing time becoming friends with other creators and influencers. And I have a podcast as well. Um, and so I've been able to just like invite all these people that, you know, make me so nervous. And now they're, they've been on my podcast. Now we're friends. And it's just kind of this like great, you know, you realize everyone's kind of on the same playing field at the end of the day. But I really love Carly um, from Plant You. She's an amazing person and she's killing it right now. She went from when I first met her, she had you know, 400,000 followers on Instagram, and she just launched her book. She became a New York Times bestselling author, and then all of a sudden she's got 2 million followers on Instagram in less than a year. And people wow. are just, like, <laughs> loving what she's doing. And I'm super inspired by her. I don't honestly know how she does it, but she's got the recipe in all the ways to make it work. So, And she's, you know, she's big-time vegan cookbook. So she's in, like, Costco stores. She's, you know, to see a vegan cookbook on the New York Times bestseller list is, like, obviously a goal for me. But to see that that's possible just goes to show that, you know, the world is changing. And I think that's the cool thing about vegan chefs and influencers and cookbook authors, because none of us are in competition with each other. We're all just really here to make the world a better place and to help inspire people to get healthier and help the environment. And it's cool. Like when she wins, I win and vice versa. And the same with all of um, my other, you know, friends who are authors and doing big things. I like that mindset. I like that too. Yeah. Cause uh, I have a common goal. Because you know, in this industry, yeah. Don, it sometimes it, it it's pretty cutthroat. Yes, it is. <laughs> I've seen some people probably stab their own mother in the back just to sell one more sandwich. Sometimes, yeah. like, what do you mean? Yeah. We've got the best stuff over here. But I, I I like that. But that comes into my next question of. Uh, what was the inspiration for how did you come about the book? Because as you mentioned, uh, it's a community, but you want your book to stand out. What are the points mm -hmm. in your book that our listeners should know and say, you know what? We want to go out and purchase Bailey's book because yeah, there's, there's these other authors out here. They may have larger social followings, but you may have a message that speaks more directly to someone than those others. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that differentiates my book from the others is just I am a classically French trained chef. So I went to the Cordon Bleu. I worked the chef hustle. I dealt with all the bruised male egos, no offense, you guys, <laughs> in the chef <laughs> culture. And, um, you know, I really wanted to bring like a lot of compassion back to food and also like show people that food can be really pleasurable. And, you know, my goal with the book was to be like, hey, if you cook your way through this whole book, not only are you going to be able to feel confident about being plant based, but you're also going to be able to teach yourself how to be an amazing cook at home. And I think that's a big block that people have, regardless of what kind of style you're cooking, if you're cooking plant based or not or whatever, people don't have the confidence to cook at home or they're afraid they're going to ruin it or waste money or don't have the time. And so it's really getting past that roadblock of being taught by a chef and being like, hey, I'm doing this with you. Like, you can totally do this. And I've gotten so, like thousands of comments and messages from people all over the world being like, wow, your book has really helped me, you know, learn how to develop really in-depth flavor but do it in a way that's like approachable and it's delicious and the food's vibrant. And I kind of bring that like San Diego beach energy into the food as well so that's kind of that's the differentiator cool. and i love french food french food is, I, I think mostly because i love i like sauces they're rich oh I was so say, rich sauces 
is the boss, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, they're so good. And like you said, being uh, classically French trained, what what are some of the sauces that you have sort of, uh, I guess, reimagined? Because some of the sauces, of course, uh, bone broth and things of that nature and uh, meats are in them. Yeah. What What's like a go-to sauce for for vegans? Because that, to me, if I have a good sauce, maybe I'll cut meat out, Don. Yeah. I doubt it. Totally. Never say never. <laughs> That's true. Never say never. If I have a good sauce, I might even eat my shoe. You know, <laughs> a good sauce can, can can really enhance a lot of a lot of different things, Don. It's true. It's true because that's what makes me taste good too, right? I mean, so I'll, I'll give you guys a couple of examples. So the first one is like the base of a lot of sauces, especially in French food, which is butter. And so I have a, um, it's called Not Your Mama Salted Butter. And that's in the back of the book in the essentials chapter. And that can be the base of like a million sauces. And it's totally plant-based. And it's honestly amazing. <laughs> like, <that's laughs> hype myself up or anything but the recipe i saved for three years to share publicly um because the sauce i mean the butter is just so good so that's just like an incredible baseline that's in the cookbook and then other than that like you know i have a chana sog that's an indian style recipe and that is a like coconut milk kind of like curry sauce mm. amazing and then there's also cashew cream, which is, like, an incredible base for so many different sauces. Like, you can make hollandaise, bernays, alfredo sauce. Um, you can add it to soups. So it's just kind of like that you can make, like, a spicy crema for tacos with it. So the cashew cream is honestly, like, the goat of all vegan sauces because you can just put it on everything. It's versatile. It can thicken recipes. It can just... You know, it can go in all different styles of cuisine, and that's really what you want is that versatility, um, especially when you're cooking and you don't want to buy a billion ingredients to make something. It's to just have that, like, mother sauce is what we call it in French cooking, and the mother sauce is really going to help you, you know, go into other sauces. That is brilliant. That is. So how difficult was it? As you said, you were holding on to this recipe for three years. You, I mean, that that's sort of like – you were playing a game of poker and then finally came yeah. the money. You're like, I'm putting all my chips in clowns. Boom. And just put your <laughs> cards on the table. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm sorry. What was the question again? You cut out really quick. How, how did it feel once you had to release that recipe? Oh. Cause you were holding on to that recipe for three years. Oh. You said, yeah, I was honestly nervous. Like, <laughs> It felt so good to get it out in the open because especially with social media, it can be really hard um, to not share everything all the time. But, you know, the cookbook itself, like I was nervous, sick to my stomach two weeks before the book came out because I was just so, you know, especially having a vegan cookbook, afraid that people aren't going to like it or um, the criticism that you're going to get. But once the book finally came out, it was just a huge sigh of relief and I was just so excited to be able to share this with people and to see people make the butter and let have them let me know. Sorry, guys. We're near the airport. <laughs> uh, I hope you didn't get run over. <laughs> it's always helicopters or something around here. Sorry, guys. Um, 
Oh, yeah, military town. So yeah, so it's just, it was just amazing to have the book come out. And then, you know, that was the true moment for me was to see thousands of people all over the world making especially things like the butter that were just like so near and dear to me um, and just be like, oh my God, this is a life-changing recipe. Like I'm never going to eat regular butter again because it cooks and melts and spreads the same way regular butter does. So yeah, that's pretty incredible to know that you're like changing people's lives with the butter recipe, you know? That's great. That's great. And and far be it from me to tell other people how to run their own show because Lord knows we don't know how to run this one, Don. <laughs> but... <laughs> I would, I think it would be really cool if you haven't done this already, since you said you have a podcast that every episode you make up one or two recipes from the book and just go in depth on each episode about that one or two recipe. I think that would be cool. Yeah, I've gotten that suggestion a lot, actually. It's funny because I really love, like, the interview style. I've been able to interview some of my, like, personal heroes, like Dr. Michael Greger and just some, like, really incredible people. But, um, yeah, I've I've actually really thought about that. But I just – people have been like, you should cook while on the podcast, too. But I just don't know, like, logistically how well that works. Well, yeah, I don't think – I'll agree with you on that (laughs) one. We we actually did here have – remember we had here – we had a a full kitchen set up and – we did try that once, and it doesn't really translate well no. on 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 the microphone. Yeah, it's, it's hard, <laughs> for sure. But but yeah, but yeah it, because especially since you are classically trained, I would just mm. love to get inside your mind of each recipe that you came out with, and I think that would make a great show. So uh, put me onto that train of others who who have okay. mentioned. Uh, that idea to you, but going back and you've said that you've had a couple people that you really admire onto the show. Who's the one person that you got a little couple goosebumps on your arm when they confirmed that they would be a guest and you were like, good golly, Miss Molly, I can't believe that they're actually going to talk to me. It was honestly Dr. Michael Greger. So I like, he's been on all the, um, you know, the vegan, documentaries he's someone that convinced me to go plant-based and just like by learning from him he's just like totally brilliant he's you know he's just brilliant and he was one of the first people that kind of was like hey like you know meat and dairy consumption in this amount is killing all of us this is why we have heart disease this is why we're dealing with all these things he's been doing it you know for so long and it was actually really crazy so I got invited to be on WGN Chicago morning news So we flew to Chicago, and then the same day I booked Dr. Michael Greger on the podcast. And it was just like a day of so many nerves, you know? So I'm like on live TV, and then on live TV, the blender broke. So I like couldn't even make the recipe because the blender had broken on live TV. And it was so embarrassing, Um, but it's okay. I, I was hey. like, so, so no, I'm like, Nat, normally this would work and this is how we would, it was just so embarrassing, but it's okay. We got through it. And then right after that, I had to like hurry back to the hotel room, set up my podcasting equipment, um, which you guys know if you're traveling is like a quarter of what you would normally have at home. And we had only like 17 minutes he had scheduled for the interview. So, um, but yeah, it was crazy. I was so nervous. Like afterwards I had a very large cocktail because I was like, wow, surprise you didn't have two. Yeah. yeah especially especially like, like you said, when you're live 
and it's just like the cameras don't turn off. There's no timeouts. No, there's no, no, no. There's no pauses. There's oops, that's it. <laughs> and you just got to act yeah. like you knew exactly what was going to go on. So on the flip side, obviously you said you were doing a live uh, cooking demo on television. What is an appearance? Because obviously you've been promoting the book uh, a lot of places. Uh, you're promoting uh, yeah. yourself. Uh, where's one place where you finally said, you know what? This is so cool that I'm appearing on this program. Yeah, I mean, let me think. I was on Good Morning America featured me on their um, online publication a few times, which was huge because I've always wanted to be like on the show, like ever since I was a kid. Um, and so that was really big. And then I don't know. It's just been a whirlwind, to be totally honest with you. There's been so many different things. There's been, you know, magazines that I've been featured in with my recipes. And it's just crazy because the book is such an incredible tool to get you indoors that you've always wanted to be at, like to be able to walk through. So, um, yeah, I just, I've been using it as like a ticket in the door. I had, like, hey. <laughs> I had yeah. fingers crossed, Don, that she was going to say small bites. Yeah, me too. <laughs> That's okay. Oh, I was I'm hoping. Sorry. Actually, no, no. <laughs> I'm not thinking about it. <laughs> but uh, I want to say it was such a pleasure talking to you. Obviously, it, it's still early in San Diego. I mean, good Lord, it's only what? It's not even 3.30 yet in, uh, in San Diego. So you've, you've got the rest of the afternoon and evening to go in beautiful weather. So again, we're jealous. Uh, uh, it, it was lovely talking to you. I want everyone to go out, purchase Cook, Heal, Go Vegan, a delicious guide to plant based cooking for better health and a better world. Uh, please share social media website or anything like that before you go. Yeah, you can find me um, on all social channels at chef underscore Bay. And then my website is www.chefbay.kitchen. And on my website, you can find all my courses. So I have a course that helps women like heal their period pains through cooking and lifestyle change. I also have a 14 day plant-based challenge. That's only $14. So you're interested in trying plant-based but you guys should totally do it just saying plant-based challenge um it's I'll, cool we've had thousands of people do the plant-based challenge and it's on the website too as soon as you come to philadelphia i'm going to try some of them sauces and who knows maybe i'll yes. convert that day yeah. <laughs> have, hey, have a great night my husband anything's possible thank you guys appreciate it there you thank go you. there you go but yeah i mean I, I would love to try some of them <laughs> yeah, sauces yeah yeah Plant based is is such a mainstream thing right now, if you want to call it a thing, whatever. But it's, it's well, I, I don't even think it, it's a thing. I I, I think it, it's just part of the uh, lexicon of language now. It, it, it's a lot of times it doesn't even need to be uh, separated. Yeah, just, no, true. A lot, a lot of people just have dinner and they play. They just grab stuff and and make it and and. A good amount of times it's vegan base, and they don't even realize it's vegan base because, like I said, with all the sauces and other things that you can put on it, really gives you a nice flavor and taste. Yeah, yeah. But uh, talking about something different, we love different things because I don't. I hate the ordinary. I hate doing the same things. I hate places that just copy themselves. But something that has been really unique uh, has a flair all of its own, right in Center City, right near Rittenhouse. And you, Don, you raved about it when you went here. Restaurant Alexander. Yeah, very, very, very good. Uh, the food is top notch. The uh, the owner, 
uh, visited us at the table we were sitting and wow. explained. Normally uh, they avoid us. Yeah, well, <laughs> I had my wife with me, so that's the oh, why. Yeah, see, she, see. she wasn't looking at me. Yeah, she came right over. And, you, you, you brought the eye candy. That was the a, secret. But It helps. <laughs> dude, we are going to talk with the company director, Andrew Houston, to tell us all things about this wonderful new addition to the Philadelphia dining scene has a little Serbian flair uh, and American flair combined. Yeah. So how's it going tonight, Andrew? Yeah. Hello. How are you? We're doing great. great. Hello. Uh, Excellent. We can, we can hear you. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Making sure, you know, our lines of communication it, it, are open. Um, yeah, it's going well. Thanks for having me. Oh, always our pleasure. Always, always our pleasure. As we said, the place is very unique. It, it, it's it's different than a lot of places in Philadelphia, which is a, a f- breath of fresh air. Because like it's a lot of places are just going for. A lot of places are just cookie cutter. So tell us about uh, Restaurant Alexander, where you are, when you opened, what you're all about, the type of food, all that sort of stuff. Just oh, warm us up right. a little I'll bit. Take it from the top. So, uh, yeah, so we're located at 126 South 19th Street in Rittenhouse in Philadelphia, um, right off the corner of Sansom, between Sansom and Walnut Street, right near Rittenhouse Park. So it's as ideal as it gets. Um, you know, we've only been open for about about a month and a half, probably coming up on two months next week. Been quite the journey, quite the wild ride for sure. Uh, you know, as you... Everybody knows it's been quite the up and down in Philadelphia for the restaurant industry, you know, since COVID and it's been a lot going on, but so far so good. Everything's been smooth. Um, yeah, with, we with, are, thank, thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> so. and, and as Don mentioned, I mean, like you said, Don, it, it was some of the things that you enjoyed, some of the food, you remember the food? Yeah. I, I had this uh, lamb shank. Over, if oh I remember right, it was it's over like the uh, polenta. Shank, that yeah, it's well. The thing is, is the, the waiter <laughs> gave me a fork and a knife, and I'm saying, a good lamb you shank, don't you don't need a knife. And That's I put right. the fork in there, and that thing just shredded. I was trying to be a gentleman in, in public. If I was at home, it might <laughs> well, be a different story. Don't worry. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, the fork went right through it like butter. Awesome. Well, we cook it for, gosh, probably 10 to 12 hours. So um, it's good to hear that it fell right apart. Um, but that's a lot of our a good example of our style, very encapsulating of what we like to do and how we like to cook. Um, you know, we do a lot of slow cooking, a lot of braising. But on the other side of it, we, you know, we have some of your traditional Eastern European flared items like pierogies. We have potato pancakes. We have uh, a vegan cabbage roll dish, which is very savory, very meaty. But like I said, it's vegan, so we kind of, um, you know, we kind of circumvent around your expectations a little bit, but comfortably enough to where you're not in, you know, the deep end of the experimental dining scene. Uh, I would say we're all fine dining. I like to use the term downscaled fine dining because a lot of us are experienced fine dining employees, restaurant managers, servers, cooks, all that stuff. But we don't, we're not attracted to the pomp and circumstance of, you know, Park and A Kitchen and Vernick, which are all fantastic restaurants. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but we like a more chill vibe. So that's how we designed the menu. 
It's how we design the beverage list. Um, it's very comfortable, very uncurated. Just come in, do whatever you want, get whatever you want. Simple as that. Well, I love how eclectic the menu is, and Don raved about the food and how uh, wonderful and the flavor profiles were spot on and delicious. But tell us more about the I chef. Uh, you've already got us uh, uh, mouths watering <laughs> over here. Tell us a little about the person behind the scenes. Tell oh, us about man. Oz behind the curtain. I'll tell you about it. Yeah, Oz, yeah, the man behind the curtain, exactly. So the man <laughs> behind the curtain, his name is Montana Houston. Um, he's a just a young, ambitious chef uh, who kind of came to us. You know, we're looking for a chef. You put an ad out on all these websites, and you're, you're, you're rifling through resumes. We interviewed a lot of chefs, did a lot of tastings, and this dude blew us away. Um, again, young guy, studied a little bit under Solomonov at Zahav. He worked at, uh, I believe the place, located, what's the name, Braddock's Inn. Um, it's in New Jersey. I'm not super familiar with it, but big farm table location. Uh, he worked at, uh, where did he work? He worked at uh, a couple spots in New York, Upper Fine Dining, just been through the circuit, kind of came back to Philly, I think, to relax and grow his roots a little bit. So it's been a, a match made in heaven ever since. That's great. That's great. And one of the other things that uh, you guys have come up, and obviously I'm sure Chef has a lot of input uh, in this program, and Philadelphians take this very seriously. You have a new brunch but why does your brunch <laughs> set you apart from the rest? Oh, man, because it's the best. Um, oh, the oh. there you see. We, but, you must be, you got to be from Philadelphia because yeah. that, that's a Philadelphian answer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm not messing around. Um, yeah, our, our brunch, we just activated brunch uh, last week. We did like the soft, unannounced opening. This Actually, today was pretty slamming for brunch. I did not expect it to be as busy as it was, so I'll take it. Well, we've, everybody had to get their bellies full for the Eagles game. Yeah. You're telling me. You're telling me. That's the first thing I did. Don't don't you worry. I got the first first pick of the litter. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, super straightforward, super reflective of our dinner menu. You know, we still have a lot of the uh, mostly American, slightly Eastern European-themed items on there. We do our short rib eggs, Benedict. What else do we have in the brunch menu? We have two different French toasts. We have a chicken and waffles dish, which is very uh, reflective of kind of how casual we are, but how we also like nice stuff. Um, so very refined chicken and waffles, if you'd believe it. Um, yeah, we kind of just have your brunch basics, but designed for designed for the customer. So I know it's a bit of a salesman aspect, but also very good. Um, our brunch cocktails are super straightforward. A couple Bloody Marys, a couple mimosas. We do like a uh, Eastern European pear brandy, French 75, which is dangerous. Um, yeah, <laughs> so it's just been going really well. That's awesome. And uh, yeah. I'm just saying that there was a little birdie. You know how news floats around in Philadelphia. But yeah. there's a certain vibe in the restaurant and a beautiful interior design and the art. But we've been told right. that there's a, a story there, is, isn't there? There's a story. There's a story to everything here. Um, but yeah, we. It's, you know, it's, it's about a boy <laughs> who grew up in West Philadelphia, born and raised. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
downscaled them to be comfortable and relaxing. Um, so the interior, very well designed, but very minimalistic, really simple. The owner, Alexander, if you couldn't tell, uh, his mother, uh, they live in Germany, but they're all born in Serbia. Um, they moved to Germany when he was a young, young guy, and she is a very talented artist. So when I first started talking to Alex, I want to say probably in March, there was like no art on the wall. They're still doing construction. And pretty much overnight, he, I don't know, he must have an art factory or maybe an art sweatshop somewhere. But she had like six, seven paintings that just appeared out of nowhere. They're all really beautiful textured pieces. They're hanging on the wall, ballerinas, champagne glasses, silhouettes, things like that adds a nice refinement to the space. It's a very uh, recovered industrial interior vibe to it. So it's it's such an interesting contrast to see the industrial artsiness compared to these like beautiful paintings that are huge hanging on the wall. Gives you something to look at. We don't have a TV, so it gives you something else to look at besides your date if you really want to. <laughs> well, I hope not. I, 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 I'll, date. No, no, no. Ex- exactly, exactly. But if you are having a bad date, we're, you could probably have a better date. There, there's a fantastic drink program as well. So even if you did oh bring a bad God, date, I, after, yeah. after a few, your drink program could make it better. <laughs> right. You might be able to find a new date. Who knows if you're lucky. But, uh, yeah, I, I racked my head over this drink program for a long time. And what? Yes, and what's a little special about your drink program? From the others, and oh, you can't man. go with because it's the That's best. You've question. already you've already used that one. <laughs> well, I'm gonna keep using it, but uh, yeah, <laughs> our, our you know I I kind of designed the beverage program around the concept of an amuse bouche, which is a very popular concept in fine dining. Um, it just means like basically a gift to the diner, send out a little sample of something, everybody's happy. So. You know, I've been in the industry a long time, been a Philly for a slightly shorter, longer time, but I've gotten to, been very lucky with the opportunities, got to know a lot of people, a lot of people, uh, you know, who sell, who taste, a lot of sommeliers, a lot of beverage portfolio managers. So I've kind of taken these relationships and cultivated the concept around that. So we have a lot of brand partnerships, our big one right now, Tullamore Dew, Jim Beam, Stateside Vodka, just to name a few. So basically every week, uh, we have some sort of tasting or event, uh, you know, just always something going on here. We may not always announce it because I like to kind of surprise the guests sometimes. You come in and guess what? Tell them we're do is here making drinks. You will send samples to the tables usually uh, or just kind of sell them on the idea of this library list of cocktails, which I've been continuously developing, you know, I go on the internet basically. And I, I'm like, what are the oldest cocktails in the world? Well, these are the ones that we want to sell, or these ones that we want to list. And that's an addition to your very standard call drinks, old fashions, you know, gin fizz, Moscow mule, just some, some basic drinks, but we take the extra step. We like to see what you like. What do you like? And then we go, okay, you like this? Well, try this weird version of it or don't. It's up to you. We'll do literally whatever you want. But, yeah, we have quite the funky drink menu, which is always changing, always in flux, um, which is nice about it. But we do have some staples. We have a 
Philadelphia Original, uh, which is the Clover Club, and ours is with beets. So it's like a vibrantly red beet and raspberry Clover Club. It's beautiful. We have a couple martinis and a couple old fashions. We have an 1891 Manhattan. The list goes on and on. I'll run out of breath talking about it. <laughs> but uh, as you said, uh, Don's raved about it. The food's great. Uh, people are really oh, digging the vibe, uh, the interior, the, the ambiance, the uh, the art. Yeah. Uh, you guys are really making a big splash in Philadelphia with some big festivals and events. Uh, ball on the square. Oh, yeah. You're doing uh, uh, Garces <laughs> Foundation. Uh, a whole yeah, bunch of great... Yeah, a whole bunch of great big events that you guys are really uh, getting into the core yeah. of the city, uh, helping things and getting your name out there. And, and everybody's really praising you guys and uh, saying good things. Aww. And uh, I, I have to say, we wish you guys the best of luck. Uh, it's always great to get Thank a new. You, uh, <laughs> it's always great to get a new place in Philadelphia, especially some place that's unique and uh, throwing out some new fresh ideas like you guys are. But uh, for any other information, uh, reservations and where, uh, website or anything like that, yeah. throw that out before before you go because I, I enjoyed talking to you. Uh, go ahead, share any other information. Got, I'm going to blast it all out right now. So we take the primarily uh, our vector for uh, reservations is through Open Table. However, you can always give us a call. Uh, or you can alternatively email us. Um, it's just eat at restaurantalexander.com. Alexander spelled a little weird. Don't forget that. A-L-E-K-S-A-N-D-A-R. Um, or again, you know, we take walk-ins. We have a lot of seats available. Typically, you know, we reserve some tables and seats for walk-in abilities. But, um, yeah, we're pretty much always open. We're open seven days a week. Brunch and dinner right now. We were doing lunch for a little bit, but we decided to pause it so that we can focus on dinner a little bit more. We're going to bring lunch back very, very soon. Our menu's online, um, along with our hours and logistics, restaurantalexander.com. Super straightforward. If you if you see us in Rittenhouse, which I know you will, come in, and we'll be here. Awesome. Thanks so much, Andrew. It was a pleasure talking to you. It's my pleasure. Talk to you guys soon. You too. But uh, talking about, I mean, it's a lot of fun to have in Philadelphia, but yeah, you know, Don, you can only keep me and you in Philadelphia for so long. We like to travel. We like to set our wings and fly, don't we? Yeah, put our feet in the sand. There you go. And to put our feet in the sand in an area that has continuously been named one of the top 10 beach destinations in the North North region of the of the world, Don. The South region, the entire world. The entire world. The entire world. Top ten, Eagle Beach, Aruba has continuously been named one of the best beaches in the world. And we've got someone online to talk more about the wonderful things of Aruba, Mister Richard Roy of Eagle Aruba Resort and Casino. How's it going tonight, uh, Richard? Hello, Richard. Richard, are we online? His feet's his feet's in the sand. All right. I can wow. hear you guys. Yeah. There, there we go. go. There yeah. we go. So uh, we're talking about the wonderful island of Aruba and uh, Eagle Aruba Resort and Casino, and you are the general manager of this uh, destination. Before we get started with all the wonderful things of Aruba, let's get started about you. Uh, how, how did you become general manager and uh, decide that you wanted to be 
at Eagle Aruba Resort and Casino? A lot of it's uh, all about luck. Um, from uh, Rhode Island originally, been in the hotel, food and beverage business all my life. And I was working for Starwood Hotels back in 2007. And they asked me if I wanted to come to Aruba for a hotel opening for a six-month stay. And uh, I'm still here. So you lost your ticket. I came <laughs> down in 2007. Yeah. Lost it indefinitely. Uh, came down in 2007, opened up a Westin Hotel here in a beautiful hotel right on the beach. And uh, that one closed down, unfortunately, changed names to another hotel. And then I got a call to come back to Aruba a year later and uh, still here. Reason I get to stay so long is I'm married to a lovely Aruba lady. And uh, one of the reasons uh, to work here is uh, to have a permit. And I have a permanent permit. So as long well, as I congrats. care, I take care of my wife anyway. There you go. There, there you go. But uh, talk as we were mentioning uh, about Aruba, uh, a beautiful, beautiful island. Uh, the weather year round is really nice, and you are on to talk about Eagle Aruba Resort and Casino. What's one of the things that really separates you guys from some of the other uh, destinations on the island? Uh, Eagle Aruba is a great uh, property. We're a timeshare resort, uh, which is extremely uh, popular here in Aruba. As uh, you may know, many of our guests to Aruba in general come back year and year and uh, really fall in love with the island. The people here are just warm and welcoming. The island itself, as you mentioned, year-round weather conditions are fantastic. We very rarely have any issues with uh, hurricanes, the last storm that came by, uh, you know, past 500 uh, miles out to sea, and we get a little extra rain from it or it takes the wind away. But uh, you get one or two bad days in a month, and the rest of the time almost can guarantee the weather is going to be good in Aruba. Without a doubt. Don, have you ever been to Aruba? I don't, one that, day, one day. Now, was this one of these before all the houses were built again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. We were there for part of my honeymoon. It was part of the, uh, I think, the Lower Caribbean or the Upper Caribbean cruise, and uh, we were in Aruba for one day. It was a good day, though, wasn't Great it? Great day. <laughs> it was a fantastic yeah. day of, of the honeymoon. But yeah, I really fell in love with Aruba. One of the things that I really enjoyed about Eagle Aruba Resort is how you guys are pretty much centrally located. I liked that. I liked that you're a little bit away from the main part of town, but also a little bit away from the high rise district and things of that nature, but not so far away that it really took any decent amount of time or any struggle to get anywhere we wanted to go. And truthfully speaking, not a lot of places you need to go once you're at Eagle Aruba Resort, because a lot of the amenities, world class. Uh, the room that we were at uh, had a kitchenette uh, set up so you could uh, cook anything you needed. Uh, and even right across the street is a, a full service supermarket. So you really didn't even need to do anything. But the, the plus side is, is when you're on vacation, sometimes you don't feel like cooking. Yeah, I don't I know I don't. And they had a wonderful yeah. uh, restaurant right on site and many, many restaurants right around the corner. But we're going to talk to the expert about this. Why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the amenities and things going around the uh, area, Richard? 
Yeah, you got it. Absolutely. As you mentioned, uh, on property, we have actually two restaurants. We have Uncle Tony's in the courtyard. Uh, I'm from Rhode Island, so Uncle Tony's is a, a popular Italian uh, pizza restaurant from uh, uh, the Cranston, Rhode Island area that I'm from. And uh, I kind of ripped off their menu and recreated it down here in Aruba and uh, bring a little taste of home back into the island. And then our second restaurant is very popular right now. It's a sports bar called Double Down and a really great spot to watch NFL football or uh, European football, as they call down here, uh, baseball, what have you. Everything that's going on is is able to get to uh, all of our channels in the in the resort. And then the resort itself is, uh, as you said, walking distance to a great supermarket across the street called Superfoods. Lots of different foods from all around the world. And walking distance restaurant-wise, you've got uh, great restaurants, six or seven of them within a city block walk. Uh, Passions on the Beach. We have uh, Chalet Swiss right next door, uh, an Italian restaurant called uh, La Terreza. Uh, some beautiful, beautiful places and great, great views of the sunset at nighttime. So lots of options here in Aruba. And one of the things that I really enjoyed as well, Richard, is one of the things that royally tick me off and uh don you've had this experience when we've gone on vacation as well is when you go to the beach you want to make sure that you're able to easily get a chair yeah and nothing is worse than everybody's up at four o'clock in the morning and putting a towel or something somewhere and then all, all all the chairs are taken what i really liked about you guys was at eagle aruba it's a very short walk uh, enjoyable walk to the beach and you go to Eagle's designated area and it didn't matter what time of the day I went there. There was always a chair available and attendant there help set everything up uh, towel available 100% perfect service. And I like that, that you guys had more than enough than what was needed because especially when you have kids, as a parent, you want to sit down and relax. And even if you don't have kids, you don't feel like walking. Oh, yeah, yeah. You don't feel like walking and then be like, oh, we're out of chairs. Yeah, and you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I just flew four hours to get here. Exactly. So great job to you guys, uh, uh, Richard, that uh, you guys have it planned out. Uh, there's a system uh, and things that you make the beach experience very enjoyable. Great. I'm glad you enjoyed it, and uh, most of our guests do, and and it is a nice laid-out plan. doesn't always work, unfortunately, but the uh, majority of the time it works out very well, and we've got some great employees down there that will try to make it happen for you no matter what. Without a doubt, and w- the other thing is that even if you don't want to go to the beach, you guys have uh, – it, it's two pools. You have an adult exclusive pool, if I remember correctly, and or no, is Correct. it three pools? Am I, am I, do you three pools? Three pools. Yes. You an adult exclusive pool. And then you have another pool that has a very cool sort of like uh, rock waterfall that was, that was really, really nice to hang out there. And then there's another pool, Don, get this with a water slide. Oh, you don't see that. You don't see them too often. No. And all day, just go right up, right down. Great. Oh. It's like going to an amusement park right, right at your own resort. Yep. You're speechless, yeah. aren't you, Doc? I am. I'm like, <laughs> ah. 
great water slide, good for uh, small kids or adults. Uh, I've got four grandchildren, and we go up and down the slide every time they come over until they drop or I drop one or the other. Well, yeah, I, I, I'll probably admit that I did go up the slide more than I did my son. <laughs> it, it was an enjoyable time. Uh, the, the, the drink program there and you guys had tons of activities, things scheduled all throughout the day to keep all of the guests occupied and busy and having a good time. Uh, uh, all, all sorts of different uh, amenities and activity uh, games to play. Uh, go through the list of different things that you have, Richard. We've got uh, just things that you can do on your own, like shuffleboard and uh, big giant chess sets and checker sets and uh, corn toss, which is very popular. But then our uh, activities teams has different things going on every day, depending on what's going on from uh, Papiamento classes, the local language, uh, to uh, arts and crafts for the kids, for uh, sandcastle building uh, on the beach and Pretty much anything that you want to do at some point in time, there's an activity to get involved with. In addition, as you mentioned, we have the adult pool, and we try to have entertainment there every day. And uh, probably the biggest event that we have is on Wednesday night. Did you happen to catch the carnival night? I was there for the carnival night. It was uh, wonderful. Uh, the performers were great. Uh, the music was fantastic and top-notch. And it was a little area over by Tony's with uh, all sorts of uh, great food as well. Right. Uh, we have a nice little buffet that night. So anybody that wants to come out can have buffet dinner first and then watch the show. It's uh carnival is very popular down here, uh, probably bigger than new Orleans. And the parade is very lively and energetic. So we bring a small piece of that to Eagle Aruba every Wednesday night and have Great entertainment, some beautiful dancers, and it's always a lot of fun and very interactive. Did you get to uh, shake a little coconut up there? I shake my coconut every night, Richard. (laughs) 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 But uh, one of the things that I also liked was the uh, concierge activities uh, desk. This way, whatever you could imagine – you guys have covered uh, from tours to uh, activities and everything. You're, you're picked right up right in front of the hotel because nothing is uh, – sometimes it's so annoying, Don, when you're like, oh, I, I want to go on this tour or, or go to this location. They're like, okay, well, you got to – Take go, public transportation. Take public transportation or, or yep. the meeting spot is a hotel three miles away. Yeah. That was great that whatever we booked, boom, you sat right out front. You, you were picked up immediately right, right out front. And also uh, one of the things that I really enjoyed was the car rental right on site. You don't see that a lot at a lot of destinations. We've got some great partners. Uh, as you mentioned, we had a car rental right up front. They're easy to get to and they're always reliable. Uh, and then uh, our partners in the tour operation business are are one of our concierge. We have independent concierge of our own, and we have the uh, third-party operator. I don't know if you want to mention names or not. Uh, the tour operator that we have in, in-house is a fantastic operator, and as you mentioned, they come and pick you up at the front door, take you to the location, whether it's a uh, parasailing 
activity, whether it's a Jeep tour, whether it's a UTV tour, uh, whether it's a uh, catamaran tour and excitement for the night to go scuba diving or go uh, snorkeling, anything you name it, you want to do it, they have it. Without a doubt. And uh, I would say one of the things that uh, one of the tours that we went on, it's not for everybody, but I found it interesting, was an ostrich farm. Never been to one, Don. No. Oh, yeah. it, was the f- it was the first time I ever went to an ostrich farm. And I got to tell you, these are some odd birds. And the gentleman said they're, they're like one of the few relics left of like the dinosaurs. Like they're very closely yeah. related to a dinosaur. And once you see that foot close up, you're like, oh, good golly, that does look like a like, dinosaur. <laughs> it does look like a dinosaur, but so many different things. I mean, we did uh, the the ostrich farm. There's an aloe farm, uh, ATVing, uh, art murals. Uh, the list goes on and on and on and on of, of things that are available to see and do in Aruba. But one of the main draws, of course, is Eagle Beach. Do you? recall how big or long eagle beach is because it's and the sand the sand is so soft it's so it's like a pillow it's because it's, you know so I, I love the jersey shore but sometimes you go to the jersey shore it's like somebody dumped construction sand there like what the heck am i stepping on yeah, yeah. so why don't you describe a little bit of eagle beach because obviously you guys are named eagle aruba so you have to be obviously proud of eagle beach Absolutely. I think you uh, mentioned in the beginning of the show, Eagle Beach has been rated in the top five uh, beaches in the world by uh, Con Nast and also by TripAdvisor in the last 10 years. So uh, very, very beautiful, beautiful white sand beaches, wide stretch of beaches in most cases, and as you said, very long. So Eagle Aruba starts uh, downtown and goes 2.8 miles and then runs into Palm uh, island, uh, Palm Beach, and Palm Beach is the stretch that goes up in front of the high rises. Eagle Beach is the prettiest beach on the island, a little more quiet, it's a little uh, not as built up on, so you have a little bit more uh, open space to sit down and relax, as you mentioned, as, as well. We do have palapas for shade on, on the island, but uh, if you don't have a palapa, you're going to bake real quick. <laughs> that that is uh, very true but uh, there was plenty of uh, palapas around when i was there but and one of the other things that i liked was the uh pedestrian bike walkway i really wish more cities more vacation destinations would do that that is such a uh, high class wonderful thing to do that you don't want to battle cars and things like that but you want to enjoy a nice stroll along the beachfront or through the town and not have to worry about getting run over so uh the engineers and the uh, city planners of aruba uh i know you probably didn't get any have any part of, uh, of this richard but you can take credit if you want I really enjoyed uh, getting them scooters, the electric scooters, and even just walking that whole pedestrian thing. And, and it goes all the way down to the airport, I think. I mean, I mean, we went for miles upon miles of, of this, this walkway. Uh, do you know how far that walkway goes? 
Yeah, it's still in process, actually. They, we continue to expand it uh, over the years, and uh, the upper part of the walkway was still under construction. You were there up by Arashi Beach and the lighthouse if you drove that way. Uh, so that's where it's going to finish up is up at the lighthouse, and there's about a mile left to go that needs to be finished. And right now there is uh, six miles that are complete. Yeah, it's wonderful. Oh, sounds nice. It, it, it's really great. It, it, perfect and a wonderful job, who, whoever came up with that. But getting back to Eagle, Aruba Resort, and Casino, the accommodations were wonderful. The room that I was in, uh, I, I love the layout. Uh, uh, the beds were comfortable. The TVs uh, were flat screen. Uh, the, the, the fridge was top-notch. Everything was top-notch. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is a very big destination for uh, vacation rentals. Like if, if if you go and you love where you stayed, you can have uh, your own piece of the piece of the resort, can't you, Richard? Absolutely. Our tagline is buy your piece of paradise while you're here. Uh, you can uh <laughs> Own in your own week and the timeshare business, and uh, that's what we're designed for. So as you mentioned, our, our rooms all have uh, kitchenettes or complete kitchens, depending on the rooms, uh, full-size refrigerator, a sitting area, a living room area that goes into the bathroom, and a bedroom that's off to the side. And that's a standard room. And our standard rooms are 695 uh, square feet. A normal size hotel room averages on the low end, 180 uh, square feet to on average 400, 425 square feet. So it's a much larger room than the most uh, standard size hotel rooms. And it has the addition of the full kitchen. So it makes it really nice place to stay for longer times of period. I've got owners that uh, own anywhere from uh, a low end two weeks all the way up to one uh, a guest owns the uh, unit outright. So uh, Aruba is a great place to come back to and to stay for long periods of time. 100%. I couldn't agree more. And they must have known my weakness, Don. Which is? On site, it was a Dunkin' Donuts Baskin Robbins combination. <laughs> <laughs> They know I love donuts, and they, love, they know that I will eat ice cream every night of the week. <laughs> so I have to say, so that's the, your kryptonite. The little child inside of me, when I rode up, I saw that. I said, "Good Lord, I'm having a milkshake every night with a donut." And indeed, I did. <laughs> indeed, I did. But uh, uh, Richard, it was such a pleasure talking to you. Uh, wonderful accommodations. Anyone who is even thinking about Aruba or even if they've been to Aruba many times and they haven't been to your resort, they're doing themselves a disjustice if they don't at least check out Eagle Aruba because I had a wonderful time. Uh, I want to thank you and your staff for everything you did and uh, and the wonderful experiences uh, that we had. And uh, please feel free to share website, social media, anything like that before you go, pal. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Derek. Glad you enjoyed everything. We're very, very happy to have had you here at Eagle Aruba, and we look forward to having any of you back again anytime. And our website's real easy, eaglearuba.com. Perfect. Have yourself a great night. Thanks for calling in. 
Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, I mean, it's great, Don. Like I said, it's not like being on a tropical island. <sighs> it's so nice. Just the, the breeze and... The water's nice and clear and crisp. Yeah. I mean, it, it's... And the best part is nonstop flight there as well. I think it was three and a half hours, maybe. That's not bad. Oh. In Philadelphia? Yeah. Philadelphia no, again? That's not bad again. That's not bad at all. Philadelphia for the wind for a couple uh, couple uh, Destination spots, yeah. Yeah. So after tonight, I think you and Lisa are going to be uh, call, booking a couple flights for a couple vacations. We'll go back and uh, refresh our honeymoon at Aruba. There you go. Oh, that's a good idea. I enjoyed it. It was great. It, what I, other islands did you go to? Do you remember? Uh, Tartola, uh, St. Martin, I think the French side. I think there's two sides of St. Thomas. St. Thomas. Uh, Tartola, Corsal. Corsal? Yeah. That, that's uh, a cool one. I yeah. like Corsal. And, and uh, that was another island that had a, a pub, Pusser's Pub. Pusser's Pub. Yeah, they uh, feature. Uh, r- rum that they f- used to feed the English Navy with. It was like a ration. They all got a bottle of rum every day to drink. Husser's Pub in yeah. the Caribbean? In the Caribbean. I'm pretty sure that's where it was. Hmm. No? Well, I mean, it it, it could be, but uh, I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, it, yeah, it was good. It was. Could it, could it have been in the uh, British West Indies? I don't know where that's at exactly. Yeah, I don't know either. But yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they featured uh, maybe the, the pub wasn't called Pusser's, but they featured Pusser's rum, and oh. they had a big story of it and how they used to give it to the English every day. How many milliliters? Let's see. Uh, our research department has said <laughs> that there is a Pusser pubs on the British Virgin Islands. Okay. Huh. Did you go there? Hey, look, the whole thing was a blur. <laughs> <laughs> that just means it was an excellent honeymoon. That was. It that was. means that you were truly. That's why we're in, still together. That's why you were just truly in love and didn't know anything else that was going on. That was an enjoyable time. Uh, all the I all the. I think the cruise line we went on was an Italian cruise ship. I don't think it's even in existence anymore. Uh, you had too good of a time. Uh, I think it sank after we left. Oh, good golly. Yeah. But do you know where you can have a good time? Could I give you a hint? Give me a hint. You are an official judge. No. The Burger Brawl? Philly Burger Brawl founder. Rob Wasserman's joining us. He's also the proprietor of Rouge in Rittenhouse Square. How's it going tonight, Rob? It's going really well. How are you? We are doing fantastic. And uh, Donato is going to uh, take my place. I judged in 2019, and uh, oh, I joked around on. Was that, for you? <laughs> that was that was great. And uh, Lucky's last chance. I mean. Uh, I don't think they had a last chance anymore. They they, they were on everybody's <laughs> mind that year. I mean, they, they put the smack smack down upon at the uh, competition. But uh, 
we were we were mentioning that uh, on social media, a couple people were saying how great Philly Burger Brawl is. They can't wait to go. And I jokingly said yeah. that being a judge in 2019, that I'm still stuffed. Yeah, I, I could. <laughs> I had to get some uh, eating tips off of you there. <laughs> but, I honestly think we've gotten a little bit better with the, the judging because I thought we were going to kill a couple of the judges the last time. You know, last time around, so. <laughs> it, it was terrifying. funny because in the, in the judges' booth, the, a couple were like. I can't even do it anymore. Yeah. And, and no, the thing exactly. is, you, you, you have to because, yeah, you want to make sure that you're fair. You don't want to say that, oh, you can't eat anymore because you, you want to make sure whoever is coming in last has just as good a chance to win as the first bite you had. Yeah. You know what? What's so funny is that the first year that we actually did the burger brawl, I probably had only four or five judges, and it was Mark Summers and Mike Jarek, Matt Ward. I think Audrey Tishman and one other. And honestly, after like, and we didn't have any brackets or anything of that nature. It was our first time. We didn't know what the hell we were doing. And so I remember Mark Summers coming up to me after looking at me deep in the eye and going, I think you blew out my colon. <laughs> I mean, that's that that's great. That's great. And, and the event's only gotten bigger and better, as you mentioned, every single year. But for those who aren't familiar with it yet, tell us about Burger Brawl, uh, when it is, where it is. How did this whole thing start? Because it's a pretty cool story of how it started and the reason of why you started it and uh, what can we expect this year? Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, it, it is a great story because we were not, my wife and I were living in the city at the time in the Meredith catchment, which is like the queen village area. And our son Jonah was just starting to go to school and was going into Meredith elementary school. And uh, we remember taking our tour around the school and coming upon their computer lab that still had, you know, the bubble Apple computers in there. And it, it was just very run down. And Maggie, my wife, had looked at me and she was saying that we need to figure something out. This is ridiculous. And she said, you should do something with one of the, you know, the restaurants to raise the money. And that's where I came up with the idea. You know, Rouge is very well known for our, our burger. I said, well, all right, let's, let's put a burger competition together. And I think that first year we, we had about 15 restaurants and 500 people there. And it went, it went swimmingly well. We, we raised the money, and we were able to actually invest and put a new computer lab in. And I said, I don't want to stop this. I felt this was important. I think we had hit upon you know, something that Philadelphia loves, which is burgers, obviously. And we were able to then kind of like start spinning that up. And so the next year, we were at Fleischer's parking lot, and we had, I think, 25 restaurants. And every year since, it's just been growing with leaps and bounds. And we had to move to Xfinity Live, which is always a lot of fun. And from there, I think we were at a couple thousand people and raising some nice cash for the school district of Philadelphia at that time. Um, and it just kept going. And it's, it's, a, it's a testament to the restaurant community because it's not an expensive uh, endeavor, you know, everybody has to chip in and put together, you know, and cost their, you know, their cost for their uh, product, their burgers and their, you know, and their buns and everything else. But it seems like everybody loves the competition, A, and then B, that, you know, it is it's a charity. And so now 
you know, we had that COVID two-year pause, which everybody actually needed to take a breather, as you said, so you didn't have any more meat sweats. But from there, we are now at a point like we're gonna we're coming back bigger and stronger than ever. It's this year at Xfinity Live again on October 23rd. We have about 60 restaurants showing up, if you can imagine. We're expecting about 5,000 people there. And I honestly, I think we're up to, I think we're up to 50 judges needed now to handle uh, all the, you know, all the competition and all the, you know, judging for this, which is, which is insane to me. And so well, again, that- we're, we're doing it for a great cause. We're, uh, we're partnering up with Parks and Rec and the School District of Philadelphia, and especially under the crime initiative for, um, from the mayor's office, which is to get the kids off the streets. And so they had, uh, Parks and Rec had started to uh, put together a plan of action of uh, putting esports or getting esports uh, into the rec centers. And we're stepping up to help build uh, esports centers within the you know, rec halls across the city. And at the same time, help uh, the school district with setting up esports teams that can compete uh, on a state level because a lot of the schools in the suburbs and so forth have teams, but it's costly and expensive. So we're, we're going to help that out also. So it's, a, it's an exciting time for us. That's such a great idea because esports is so unique. And one of the things that I like about esports uh, now i don't know a lot about it but right one of the things that i do enjoy is that it's accessible to everyone i see a exactly. lot of these pro i see a lot of these programs out here and uh sometimes a child just doesn't have the the, the physical abilities to do something athletic Correct. or they're not artistic for art class or they're just not getting that but any child can really delve into this esports, and from beginners to advanced, I've really seen kids have a lot of fun doing uh, yeah. it, these it's games. True. I mean, what's, what's, what's exciting is that not only is it the front end, which is what you're saying, which is the, the gaming aspect, but it really starts driving home into STEM, which is the science and technology. And maybe these kids will start being interested in understanding the the machinations of how you create a game and how you use a computer and how like technology is not only just for fun but a life use. And that's that's you know that's the kicker for me is if we can get any of these kids more excited about the sciences and getting them involved, uh, not only in staying them off the streets after school, but really starting to have an understanding of of what schooling is uh, it we're you know the burger competition is you know a pal comparison to that so it's it's exciting that's great that's great and as you mentioned uh you've sort of had a cult following people have stuck with this uh, uh festival year after year so uh with yeah. that being said who are some of the brawlers who are coming back to try to win the title and uh, what are what are some of the new faces? Because obviously not everybody comes back. And as you said, sometimes everybody does come back, but it's becoming more popular. So you've expanded the competition pool. So you've got some new faces. Who what, Who's some of the old and some oh, of the yeah. new who's coming? 
As already, like you said, I mean, like, well, Lucky's is banned from uh, actually participating. I have now forced Chris, the owner of Lucky's, <laughs> to actually be a judge. He is no longer allowed to, you know, like win the competition. So, but it's exciting because when now with that, we're up to like 60 restaurants and, you know, being our 10th anniversary of actually having the event, uh, we're seeing uh, old friends of ours coming back into the competition from, you know, uh, Marcy and Val and uh, Barbuzo and like any, a lot of the Steven star restaurants are coming in, which is great. We love that. Even, which is amazing to me. We're seeing from uh, El Rey to Loco Pez. So, uh, the Mexican, you know, uh, type of restaurants that have that corner bar, like Loco Pets, has one of the most banging burgers I've ever had. And I, you know, I talked to the owner. I said, "You gotta, you gotta be in this." And he laughed and he says, "But I'm a Mexican restaurant." I said, "Yeah, but that burger is not Mexican. That's that's this is what this is all about. The creativity of it." So we were able to get those guys in. Michael Scholson's in with Harp and Crown. We have Huda from uh, or the restaurant Huda, which is Yehuda, who just won, I think, Best of Philly for his sandwiches doing an insane burger. Mike's Barbecue, he's insane. Like at South Philly, if you ever had his briskets and his ribs mm-hmm. and so forth, he's he's thrown in uh, into the gauntlet in. I, and what's so, so much fun to me, it's just all these restaurants get so creative and try to have so much fun with it. Yeah, I, it it's super creative. Uh, There's nothing like with a, a great burger. Yeah, uh, juicy, mouth watering, and yeah, it, and uh, burgers are not just meat. I mean, you get, you, there's all different types of burgers you can have nowadays with the with the fish alternatives that you can make into a that impossible. Uh, possible burger for the vegans that are out there that that you know uh, enjoy eating a nice burger. Like I said, uh, so are you excited, I, Don? I, I can't wait to to munch down on a few. I, I know I have to pace myself, <laughs> so <laughs> so that's going to be uh, kind of interesting to see what happens. Don't go all in because, like you said, it has to be a good, comfortable pace, and you're. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to be able to taste 60 burgers. So I'm assuming well, no, I'm no, assuming no, they, they're they, going to have the they, they break it, they break yeah. it up, and then it you, you score it. Yeah. So obviously, it, it's just like professional barbecue tasting and all of that. Uh, so uh, uh, sorry about that, Rob. We we, we dropped you off. Uh, uh, I, I think uh, the beef council yeah. was trying to get a hold of you they said hey we, we, we heard that you've got a lot of burgers <laughs> right uh, coming to coming to philadelphia but you were saying uh, some of the new competitors uh coming in and i uh, i wanted to mention that uh, it's both sides of the river it's not only philadelphia because you even have uh, new jersey competitors like burger time uh yeah. oh, joining yeah. the uh, that's a new one so you're even getting people to to cross the bridge to say, yeah, hey, you know we've what? got a good burger as well. Yeah, I think we have a couple of new people coming in from Delaware also. Uh, you know, it's becoming a little bit more well-known, the event, obviously. Mm. And so people take it serious. Like, they want to win. And I love that. I mean, like, you know, that's the fierceness of, you know, the restaurant tour that wants to, you know, be at the top of uh, their game. And look at Lucky's. Lucky's Last Chance is a great example of how 
the Philadelphia Burger Brawl kind of like pivoted them. Uh, they were a very sleepy bar, you know, with burgers. And as soon as they won, that blew them up. So there's there's actual like help from winning this type of competition or being involved. And you know, on top of that, with all the sponsors that get involved now, you know, from our cocktail competition, you know, that's sponsored by Jim Beam, and you know, we're actually going to be having a, uh, a really another wonderful item added on to this year, which is the Deets and Watson is sponsoring uh, the Jeff Brown Social Impact Award. So we're going to actually be giving an award to one of the chefs that had been giving like back to the community. So that's great. It's, that's good. Yeah, it's amazing. It's a, and that's what's so exciting about it. And that's why I said I just love this city. I, you know, like we're all community. It's just a lot of fun that we can all like come on board, eat our brains out, and like get the meat sweats. But you know what? I'll do it because it's for a good cause. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now. Since Lucky's Last Chance has been banned from competing, were you at least kind enough to give them the ultimate champion belt or something like that since they can't compete anymore? You anything? know what? I haven't thought of that, but that's not a bad idea. Like, I told you, like, Chris is, Chris is on board to be a judge. He's kind of happy that, he, you know, he's going to be judging this year. But you're right. He should have uh, something a little bit more unique for uh, taking the trophy home. I think it was three times, four times, something like that. Yeah. It's a, it's a yeah. But every yeah. every chef I go to, Biff from Ripplewood, that's really cool dude. He you know, like they have an incredible burger there. The band like raves about it and so forth. Uh who's the you know, the maiden food critic. He he's just like, Rob, I'm taking home the prize. I'm taking it home this year. <laughs> <laughs> now Don is a little nervous. He was mentioning yeah. it when you uh, dropped off. Can you give Don any tips about judging or how he should judge? I've already told him that he needs to pace himself. 100%. And, and, and palate so, cleanse. That's very important. Uh, actually, that's extremely important. I love that you brought that up because, you know, you're having so many different flavors hitting your palate. It's going to go numb if you're not giving yourself a pause and, like, like taking a sip of water and making sure, you know, like, like allowing those t taste buds to come back in because yeah. you are, you're going to be tasting such unique stuff. All I would say is just make sure you only take one bite of the burger. Like don't try to house down the, you know, the burger because you know, as well as I is it, it that I think you'll have to judge like 10 burgers, whatever it is. So could you imagine trying to eat t in 10 full burgers? You'll die. So you have to like yeah. just taste yourself. I did my darnest. Yeah. <laughs> but here, but that's the point. You know what? If you're so desiring that another bite from that burger, that tells you something. That gives you yeah. an idea. Yeah. That say, hey, like I'm, I like this could be a really good burger. It's funny as I'm going around to all these restaurants. You know, I went to Mike's Barbecue, and he made like he's making a smash burger with, uh, you know, a double patty smash burger with cheese, a secret sauce that he would not let me know what it was in it, and homemade pickles on a nice brioche bun. Honestly, I ate the whole goddamn thing, and I don't even remember <laughs> the whole burger. But I do, like, I, I do like how you did mention the Don, because uh, I am a certified Kansas City Barbecue Society judge. And oh, wow. when, okay, you, cool. when, when you go to class to become a certified barbecue judge, the one thing that you mentioned was you take one bite only. 
because you want to treat each competitor the same. But in your mind, if you say to yourself, darn, I really want that second bite, that goes to show you you need to score a little higher for that individual. Yeah, exactly right. That's totally how I feel. And the one thing that was always fun, and uh, I can't remember if I did this or not when when I came because probably everyone looked at me crazy, but I probably did do it because we do it at the uh, KCBS events, was you come with a cooler and Ziploc bags. And when you're a barbecue judge, on average, you leave with four to five pounds of barbecue because you're only... <laughs> because you're only taking one bite. So you're taking one bite and it always blew my mind of judges who would take that bite and then they throw the rest out. And to me, because there's other judges that do the same thing as me, I'm like, I'm not throwing this stuff out. These are individuals who are, because uh, I know you guys are having uh, uh, awards and such, but when there's some big barbecue event, sometimes it's 100000 200000 a half a million, even a, a million dollars. I'm not throwing out a single ounce yeah. of food that somebody prepared thinking that they were going to win a million dollars because you don't yeah, taste that right. sort of food anywhere else. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> no, you're right, because they take it so seriously, and that's what's so much fun on your side of it is like when you get to judge and you get to enjoy that, like, hell yeah, am I going to bring that home to eat that again? And and I love that. That's part of the fun of it. It's just like as a judge, you get to see everything going by you, all like the craziness. Obviously, you only have your select, you know, select burgers you get to try as a judge on that side of it. But if you're finding like such love for, you know, some of these burgers, it it, it makes all the difference in the world. You're, you and more so, it'll make you want to go to the restaurant and say, hey, I'm going to go have it with a beer and, like, chill out and see what's going on over there. Did you, Derek, did you, uh, did you ever change your mind if you bring home all those samples with you? And do you ever change your mind as to what you judged to be your, your winner? Ah, oh, good question, Tom. Um, I do like that. So, it's not that we're... So, when you're a... Kansas City barbecue judge, and it, I think it's similar at Burger Brawl. If I remember, I can't remember. It's a point system, Correct. so you're you're giving a point system of appearance, texture. Correct. So when you're yep. biting it, it's it's the the texture is like a rib, uh, a fully judged rib. You shouldn't bite it and all the meat comes off, and you shouldn't bite it and not be able to have a perfect bite mark and then the last surprisingly the last thing is taste so to answer your question i would say yes taste could probably change but it would be minimal to say that they would become the overall winner but yes if you taste something first and you're like man that was good and then you take it home and you have another bite and say well that wasn't the best I, I would say, yeah, I agree with that. That does happen. Yeah, not, but but less so with texture I and whatnot. Yeah, the, I mean, for you at least, and I would assume for the barbecue side of it, it does change over time, the flavor profile as it cools down and so forth. And so there is a different flavor profile. I think it's a little bit harder for the burgers to reheat it to the, you know, to the proper place that, you know, the, the, the chef wants it at. But exactly. I think with barbecue and, you know, there's other certain foods. Hell, 
they're better the next day anyway. You know that as yeah. well as I would. Mm. And especially, and especially with the uh, the burger, you can't duplicate the roll because you want that right. roll as fresh. You want the roll exactly. as fresh as possible. And you but, know the uh, roll is extremely important. That's that's what holds it together. And if it blows apart and it's a sopping mess, that turns me off. I, I don't want something to be eating like you know eating like a, you know something sloppy like that. So and us Philadelphians roll take rolls important. Yeah, bread's a big deal it's, in Philly. <laughs> say again. Bread's a big deal in Philly. Yeah, bread is a huge deal in Philly. We, we don't. Add... <laughs> now, Don, are, are you going to be a hard judge? I'm going to be a very fair judge. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. And 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 I you're all that. in. I'm in. One hundred percent. Hundred percent. I'm getting my cooler ready and. Because some of the judges are sort of funny. Because some like. Uh, uh, you're getting for the judging. It's not just individuals who have previously judged foods. You're getting celebrities and media personalities and things like that. So when you, for me, when I was in the judges chambers, it's a very different experience than like a sanctioned event, like a sanctioned event. Everyone's serious. No one's talking to each other. And it's just like, and you're writing down your answers and at burger brawl it, it, it's more of a social event it's still taken seriously but it, it it's very different to someone who's been the like full-blown yeah. sanctioned I, event i can see 100%. that i can see that 100 you are i mean like you could be sitting next to mike jarek or al Polly or uh, you know a hundred others that are going to be you know like they're on judging and they're just going to be cracking up and having fun with it because they're, you know, they're enjoying the experience and they want to help on the cherry side of it. When you're in and, a and serious I, competition like that, you're right. I mean, like it's taken extremely serious as it should be, as you said, if they're, you know, putting a million dollars into it and being involved in that side of it, uh, hell yeah, I would make sure I would want make sure all the judges are like taking it very serious. And I think when I judged, I think I was lucky enough to sit next to Marilyn Russell, and I think she she was. She, she judged she ju- judged 100% accurate like she should have been but she was kind yep. enough to give me all, all the leftovers just go ahead Derek. <laughs> you, you, you you can have this I'm one too. Five. i was i was but how about for for you rob you've been involved in this since day one obviously cuz you're you're the brainchild of it. you you created yeah. it what's some of yeah. the most creative burgers you've seen cuz you've seen them all from the good to the bad i'm sure yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I think overall, without naming names on the on the bad side, it's just again having a a burger that blows apart. And if if that happens, it, it's not a you know it's just not enjoyable. But you take like Lucky's, you know, that first year they did the peanut butter and jelly sandwich or peanut butter and jelly burger, and mm-hmm. who the hell would ever have thought to put peanut butter and jelly on a damn burger? And it worked. It was creative. It was unique, and everybody loved it. And they and that's the creativity is what's so exciting about it. But I've seen some really really good burgers come out. You know, come out of this. And you know, Ripplewood. I was I kind of go back to they have a really good burger that you know stood up really well. Um, who else? Butcher and Singer. They did a really nice burger for us. You know, like that a couple of the years that they were involved. And that's it. I mean, like you, you, you see that, and that's what's so exciting about it. It's just like you see, a, you see the creativity of what these guys do behind the scenes at a restaurant, and it's awesome. I mean, it's just it's like 
I am a restaurateur. I'm not a chef. Like I can cook some stuff and I'm really good at eggs and stuff like that, but I'm not a chef. So to see the creativity, cause it's really art, you know, and, and, and food format that is exciting to me to see. And as you mentioned, what I really like is uh, the social aspect of it. Everyone who comes, it's, it's it, the whole event's not, a, of course, we've talked a lot about judging and winners and things like that. But the true winners here is the audience, the participants, the 5,000 people who get to walk around and feel the event firsthand and get little bites of what everybody is serving to the judges and what that is really doing. And I heard it over and over and over from attendees was people biting this, try this. Oh my goodness. We've got to go to this restaurant. We're going here with all of our friends. They've got to try this. This is going to be, this is going to be great. So with that, when, when this whole, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's why the format is like, you know, like having, you know, fifty dollars is your ticket price, and you you can go try sixty burgers for for that dollar amount, mm-hmm. and that's you know, un- ridiculous. Think about it. If, uh, traditional burgers now, you know, at like a lot of the pubs or restaurants are between fifteen to twenty dollars, and now oh, yeah. you fifty dollars, you're going in and you're getting me you know eat and try all these different burgers, and so top notch, really, top notch, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And that's what's so exciting. I mean, I agree with you. The audience and the people that come in are getting to have that amazing experience and all these restaurants all in one location and having the taste and finding out, hey, am I going back to that restaurant, which is going to add, you know, revenue dollars to them. Well, Rob, it was such a joy to talk to you. I know Don's excited. It was a pleasure Uh, when I went. Really a world-class event. You guys uh, treated everyone really great. Uh, all of the attendees had a great time. And uh, before you go, uh, share where people can get their tickets and uh, anything else you w- you want to tell us before you go. Website, social media, any anything at all. I, I truly appreciate that. Obviously, first of all, thank you guys. I, you know, I, you've uh, you've been around for a while now, and I love uh, I love tuning in and checking you out. And uh, it, it means a lot. You know, like certainly. As long as there's restaurants around, you need guys that will talk about restaurants and talk about what's going on. Um, that's how you know people get the word out. So what you do is extremely valuable, and especially on something an event like this that's you know charity based, uh, it means the world to me. So I appreciate and thank you on that. And for us, uh, no problem. Uh, you can go to phillyburgerbrawl.com. That is uh, our website, which is where you can buy the ticket. You can also follow us on Instagram, which is uh, Philly Burger Brawl also, and you'll be able to follow me and my escapades of going around to all the different restaurants and trying the burger and, and kind of getting a little insight from uh, from the chefs of what they're trying to do, what angles they're coming from. So that's a lot of fun. And honestly, just show up. Just be there and come to the event and have fun. And that's it's really what it's all about is having fun and giving back to the community. And uh, I can't think of anything more important than that. That's great. That's great. And uh, best of luck. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to join Don uh, next year. Unfortunately, I I was pre-booked with my son uh, departing for a baseball tournament. But uh, I I hope to join you in 2023. That's fantastic. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate your time. Have a great night. Looking forward to it. All right. You too.
Yeah, you're gonna have fun, Don. Uh, I'm I'm really excited. It's first time judging, exercising, getting ready, event. Yeah, e- eating burgers, yeah. getting prepared, stretching the stomach, <laughs> new belt. <laughs> Said I'll, I'll take two burgers. I'm in training <laughs> <laughs> to double it up. But no extravaganza show is complete without one of our most wonderful contributors of all. And do you know who that is? Chef Barbie Marshall. There you go. Spot on tonight, Don. How's it going tonight, Chef Barbie? Chef Barbie has decided that the entrance, the introduction that we gave was not worthy enough. If we get to try again, I'll try to do even better next time. Yeah. Uh, Maybe I, I I know she does like the most influential when we when we add that to it. We might we might get another chance. We've got a couple minutes here, Don. Yeah, I, th- I think I think we have a good good shot at that. I was worried I wasn't going to see you today. You you were just trying to worry me, weren't you? I was. He said, "Well, I'll have Derek do a two hour show by himself." Wow, I knew you. Could Tom was ready. It. Yeah, I knew you could handle it. But as we mentioned, the most influential chef in all of Pennsylvania by Cooking Light Magazine, Chef Barbie Marshall. How's it going, Chef? All right. So what's what's hot and happening, Chef Barbie? Well, yesterday I was at the Glass Barrel Craft Beer Festival. Ooh. Hot and happening. So many craft beers from around Philly, Evil Genius. Oh, but, but, but beyond the beer, there were lots of small bites to be had, and I want to talk about a couple of them. Please do. Cannoli cart. And they had pumpkin spice cannolis that were absolutely delicious. Like, who would ever think to make a pumpkin spice cannoli? And I'm usually not about the pumpkin spice. Like, I really am not. Like, pumpkin spice can get under, can, can be overdone. But I never had a pumpkin spice cannoli. And that just makes sense, y'all. y'all mm, and it's called the cannoli cart. Cannoli cart. So was that the up. was that was that the official name the cannoli cart? I said it was a cannoli cart. I didn't tell you about this. <laughs> I was hoping for the official name because now I must search for this for this uh, vendor. It is called. Let's see if she can get it. Let's see. Old world cannoli. What was it? Old world cannoli. Oh, old, old world. world. They're out of Hamilton. Okay. So you yes. guys already know old world cannoli. They're, they're connected to Rico's or Riccio's brick pizza? oven pizza in Hamilton. Yeah. Riccio's. Yes. That, oh. But yes, that's it. Cannolis and you have to go. You're in Jersey, right? So you need to go. You need to go. We, we're hanging up now and going. But... We don't want you to get run over by any vehicles. It sounds like you're standing in the middle of Roosevelt Boulevard. We don't want you to get injured. <laughs> I don't know why. It's, I'm in the car, though, so I'm not standing uh, outside. All right. Well, we thank you so much for telling us about 
the old world cannoli, and we're going to keep an eye out for that. And pumpkin spice, Don. We're going to pumpkin try spice. pumpkin spice. We're going to, have to get a dozen of them. I'm in the mood now. And thank yeah. you so much, Chef Barbie Marshall. Always wonderful talking to you. And anywhere else that you want to let everybody know where you'll be or we should check out before you go, you've, you've got about 30 seconds. Posted up on my social media. Is that Marshall? There you go. There you go. Well, Jeff Barbie, thanks so much for joining us. Have a great night. All right. Bye. Good night. Bye bye. Good night, Chef Barbie. So maybe that was Chef Barbie's engine revving. Yeah. <laughs> 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 had, had to get somewhere. But Don, thank you for joining me. As you said, uh, you had me worried. But, yeah. Uh, uh, that was a quick two hours. It was. It was enjoyable. The other people there that were on the on the show was Burger Bra. I can't wait. <laughs> That's all you had on uh, your mind. Uh, yeah, like Aruba, Bermuda, uh, burgers. <laughs> Close it out, my friend. I'm Donato Marino at DNL Coffee Service. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us at DNLCoffeeService.com. And I'm Derek Tim of uh, BlueJeanFood.com. Thank you to everyone who called in. Grotto Bay, Bailey Ruckus. Uh, Burger Ball Rob. Uh, let's see who else we had. Uh, Richard of Eagle Aruba. And who else did we have? We had one more. I feel terrible. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, uh, Restaurant Alexander. That's it. Yeah, I feel awful, Don. You should have threw it right out. <laughs> I'm thinking of Burger Brawl. <laughs> Burger Brawl's on my mind as well. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a good night. We end the show like we always do with Joke of the Week from uh, Jackie the Joke Man Martin. Hi, I'm Jackie Martling, and this is Small Bites. A couple's in Paris, and one night the guy's out alone. He goes up to a hooker, and she says, 500 bucks. He says, well, I only want to spend 100. She says, tough luck. Well, the next night, they're at a seaside restaurant when the same hooker walks by. She looks at the guy's wife and then turns to him and says, You see what you get for a hundred bucks? <laughs> <laughs>